welcome to Forever Canon, <laughs> the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and what everyone in space is really thinking. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. You have, you never have any idea what I'm talking about when I say these little non sequiturs at the beginning, right? No. Because like, these notes are secret. Yeah. We don't talk about it normally we'll beforehand. Get there. We'll get there. We'll get to what everybody's talking about. Eventually, this week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, wrong, New Jedi Order, <laughs> Book 3, Dark Tide 2, Ruin, by Michael A. Stackpole, Chapters 25 through 28. It's been a while since I said the wrong thing. Yeah. But all right, we're off to a hot start. <laughs> Man, these chapters were really good. I liked them. You know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me complain. But how, like, the last book was, like, faceless enemies, and then this book's, like, just, we just did the same thing in the last book, and I don't know, it's dragging a little bit through the middle. Why is it, why is it 30, 109 chapters? Why is it so many chapters? Mm-hmm. Anyways, last week was good. This week is also good. But first, bum, 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 previously on Forever Canon. Gil saves twin solos and New Republic with Imperials and Chiss. Shadow Shai silences survivors, wants answers. Military and Jedi unite before politics begin. Fancy celebrity Sky Dome party gets white hot. Because ah. it did. That was last week. Last week, oh boy. A, a, a brand new, very exciting character was introduced to the story in the white hot jagged fell. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to possibly top that this week? Let's start with chapter 25, which if I could title it right now, I would title stop touching the mic stand, Justin, because I touched it five times. Mm-hmm. Chapter 25. Jason uh, is attending a meeting called by Luke Skywalker for all of the Jedi. They need to meet with one of the high priests of Ithor so that they can be blessed to go down into the rainforests and the sacred holy land, right? Yeah. Type of thing. Jason notices Rogue Squadron is keeping Jaina away from her Jedi duties here. Yeah. She's, she's not at the meeting. Mm-hmm. She's probably in a simulation or something, right? Yep. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> we all know what she's trying to do. Trying to beat that high score. That's what. Not the first time. Not the last time. But she's away from this Jedi meeting. He resents that. Yeah, he's, he's a bit jealous of her at this moment. Very negative and very like aggressively so instantly. Yeah. Which is really probably just because, you know, he wants to be here, but he doesn't know why. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't want to be here. One of the last times we checked in with him mentally, he said, I don't want to be a Jedi. Uncle Luke Skywalker, my master. Mm-hmm. Right? But he resents the fact that Jane is not here. He also uh, takes some time to ponder the force. Something along the lines of, is killing ever justified? If the for- if everything in the force is living, then how can you justify killing something if that is taking them away from the force? But then he's like, but then also everything that dies returns to the force. So is it bad or is killing good? He's a confused teenager. Yeah. Who's probably having some sort of, you know, uh, difficulty assimilating that new trauma that he has been exposed to at, what was it, Dubrillion? Dantooine. Dantooine. Where, you know, he had to slaughter uh, numerous, endless waves of reptoid slaves. Yeah, it's he's having trouble. Can killing ever be right? Yeah, he's having trouble reconciling the fact that he was protecting people by killing, but that killing couldn't have been right at the... Yeah, well, it, and it's just not a jetty. Jetty? Jetty. Here we go. Jedi. Hot start. <laughs> it's just not a very Jedi-like feeling, slaughtering slaves. Mm-hmm. And so the man, young man, is tossed into confusion. And he feels bad about it, which he should. Like, he killed all those people. Yeah. And that's where he should... Okay, oh. this is what it's like. I have to kill sometimes, but I should feel bad about it. I shouldn't like... Well, and just, you know, he's... Hmm. 
What does the Force think about killing? He's just being very philosophical. Yeah. P.S., by the way, Deshara Kaur is here at the meeting, and according to Jason, she's just back with, quote, no explanation for her search for super weapons. Why? <laughs> yeah, she steps into line next to Kip and Octoramus. Does, does he know that she kidnapped his brother? Oh. Like, maybe not. A week ago? <laughs> or like a couple hours ago? I don't know how time works in space. Anyways, back to the meeting. An Athorian high priest is here to speak on behalf of Mother Jungle. Which, I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. It's all, I mean, it's just Mother Nature. Yeah. But it like, that sounds rock and roll. Mother Jungle. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds almost like a swear. <laughs> but he's here to speak on behalf of Mother Jungle. He feels in the force as confident as Jason. Oh, my God. As Jason wishes to be. I'm doing that thing where I'm like reading a few words ahead and I'm just mishing, mashing syllables all together. Mm -hmm. Jason is wishing he could be this confident as the high priest. <laughs> Maybe has that accent because he's a Thorian. But anyways, Jason thinks this guy is admirable, so he's definitely going to die, right? Griffin, dead for sure. Bye, guy. That's fine. I'm worried. Yeah. I always get worried anytime a main character like puts a positive care in the world for a, yeah. a, a background character. As soon as, ah! as soon as a background character oh, you gets made a named, connection? Ah! as soon as they get named, that's what triggers it for me. I'm like, oh no. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. He's here to make everybody share their deepest, darkest fears and secrets. Yep. That This is how we prepare to enter the surface of the planet. We have to say what our greatest fear or like burden is some kind of psychological bonding that we have to do is sharing secrets right yeah you have to publicly acknowledge um what is preventing you from being your full your complete self self which yeah. is jason's whole thing right yeah. it's a little bit ham-fisted yep because his whole problem is that he doesn't know what his problem is mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but here we are to stand up and say what's wrong and luke skywalker starts us off by renouncing responsibility for the Jedi. Sounds bad. Yeah, it, the first time. <laughs> Uh-oh. I quit. <laughs> you guys are in charge of yourselves, actually. Because I've been treating you guys like I'm like in charge. But really, I'm not the sole inheritor of the Jedi Order. I think he says something along that. Yep. Uh, we're all in this together. And so, I renounce my responsibility and I give it all to you to share together. Yeah. Okay. We are all one Jedi, not one I'm Jedi the head. order working together. Yep. And boom, psychologically bonded. Just like that. All the Jedi start sharing. Anakin gives up uh, being right. Daishara Kor gives up hatred for the Yuzhan Vong. Kor in fear. Ganner pride. And each one of these answers, one of these, each one of these proclamations brings a burst and rush of peace from that person mm -hmm. into the force. And so like, it really is working. It's serving its purpose, right? Yeah. Because you know, these people are all, uh, I don't know, philosophically minded or at least like insightful thinkers. Oh. <laughs> I almost didn't even say a word. <laughs> Thankers. Thankers. <laughs> Anyways, where they're like, they're already open to this idea of like, opening yourself sharing yourself and 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 to the end of a group purpose or whatever, mm -hmm. like the greater good purpose i should say they all just kind of stand up and they're all like here's what i think i'm doing wrong very openly honestly truthfully and it's bringing this big rush of peace in the force so jason decides oh i'm gonna try that and i think even before he starts speaking he's like i Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know. What should, what should I say? I should say, I don't know, something. And then he's like, bam. Moment of epiphany. Yep. It was so obvious. His jaw dropped to the floor the moment he thought of it or something, right? Yeah, he almost laughed out loud. He's, yeah, that's right. But it would have been inappropriate in this church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this religious ceremony. So instead, he speaks up at an appropriate time. And he says, I renounce the need to know now. What I will become later. In looking to my future, I have ignored the present and my role in it. 
The present is too critical for me to do that anymore. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a little thing, but then he expands on it more in his mind after I'm touching the mic stand. He says, I'm not giving up the need for the question. I'm not giving up the question of what's best for me and what should I be and what, how best do I serve the galaxy with my, my power and my goodness. Mm-hmm. Not giving up that question, but like, I'm just going to give up the urgency of it. Yeah, I don't need to know now what I'm going to be. Yeah, I just said that. I know. And as I was saying it, I realized that it had just been said. But but it's the now part. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not giving up the need to know, which maybe would be a bigger thing, but maybe that's not enough. Or that's too much, I mean, uh, at 17. Yeah. So I'm going to give up the urgency and bam, boom, calm, warmth, peace. Right? It worked. And he got uh, Luke's approval, too. He got like a nice little nod of He's approval. He's proud of both of his apprentices, Tim. Yep. And then... Daishara Kor comes over and joins this conversation and rejoins the Jedi. It's just that easy. Says to Luke, sorry. She's like, once I said it out loud, now I understand what I was doing wrong. I hate the Yuzhan Vong because they're taking slaves and my mother died a slave. And like, you get that, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, Grandma? Right? she, She has been having meetings um, with Luke over this yeah, time. They've how, been how obviously many having counseling been. mediation. Yeah, two weeks like or whatever it took. And so she rejoins the Jedi, having now given up her hatred. Mm-hmm. I hear that leads to the dark side. Corin thinks out loud that the Battle of Ithor, quote, will be the last for some of us. Hey, why? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's not good. (laughs) Keeping things in perspective. Hey, that's not good. We just got all the Jedi together. They all shared their secrets. They got closer. Then Corrin Horn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Today. (laughs) It's not even late. The old Corrin Horn sounds off, and he goes, pop, 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 pop. Could be the last time that we see each other for some of us. Why, Why would you say that? Also, how about this? Hey, Tim. Hey. What would Jaina have said? What would she have stood up and had to have let go of? She wasn't there. No. What do you think she would have stood up? I, I since I'm throwing this at, yep. at your face at, at high velocity, I went with like being the best, maybe. Yeah. Because sometimes her drive to outdo the people that she's working with doesn't serve the team fully. And that's a lesson that she's like learned a few times over the yeah, books already. And how she's getting more and more of that lesson through Rogue Squadron, having a wingmate, having a group that she has exactly. to work that with. That Annie Capstan, definitely destined for immortality. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. What do you think? Being the best is a good option. Yeah. Um, her, her just I'm trying to think of a good way to say it, but her, not slavery, but There's enough of that already in this story. Her attachment and willingness to just follow her emotions. Yeah. Just right off. Which is what, like, she always said to Jason, or recently said to Jason, and is always the thing between the two of them. You think too much, and I act too quickly. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That Maybe that would be... Yeah. Give up the urgency. (laughs) (laughs) All three of the kids. Damn (laughs) twins. Yeah. And even Anakin had the... He needs to be right. Yeah. All three of them are all along but the he, same he, lines. His reasoning about that, to get more into Anakin here, not just focus on Jason. Anakin says, uh, I need to give up the need to be right because as soon as I find a right answer, I stop looking for better answers. Yeah. Which is like, give him a button on Dantooine or whatever. As soon as I find a right answer, I'm like, I'm right. Aha. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. You know? So he, that's what he needs to give up. That's what Jason needs to give up. The urgency of finding out who he needs to be. And Jaina, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. But how how important is it going to be that she wasn't here? Is that going to come up? Is that going to be a thing? I know she's probably not going down to the planet with the Jedi. Otherwise, she wouldn't be simming with Rogue Squadron, mm-hmm. right? She's obviously going to be part of the space battle instead of the ground war, but... Or maybe she she gets shot down, ends up on the planet, and makes a decision that wrecks part of the planet or something. Or maybe her her missing this opportunity to confront the things she's doing wrong 
is going to get Annie killed. She's going to do her stereotypical wrong thing, Mm -hmm. trying to outdo a better pilot in the squadron or something, or in the fleet in the battle. And uh, I don't know, whatever. Maybe this, this failure to have to confront what everyone else here has, like, what am I doing wrong right now? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's going to come back and bite her in the ass. She was not here. Yep. Jaina always being left out. Chapter title? I got declarations. Renounce. Oh. I like this chapter. It was a little weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, 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 I thought it was like, I'm like, this is a bit cheesy at first, right? It's like, Really thick, laying on, laying it on really thick, and then, and then it just, I don't know, it turned it genuine. Yeah, through the character, so it was a good chapter. Moving on, chapter twenty six. Why does this book need to have so many chapters? Chapter twenty six. Do you know what? Uh, the next book, twenty eight chapters. Might be twenty nine. Same number of pages. Yeah, that's two three weeks. Knocked off the schedule right there. <laughs> per book. They're both the same. Another duology. Yes. By a single author. We'll get there. Chapter 26. The Yuzhan Vong appear with names, as they often do in this book. Mm-hmm. Dane Leanne informs Shidao Shai that the trees attacked the crab armor, and he's worried. Because wait a minute. Shidao Shai thinks to himself... Wait a minute. These infidels, we hate them and their machines. And like that's what what tells us that they're not worthy of this galaxy that we've come to take. Because mm-hmm. that's our prophecy. But wait a second. How come the trees don't want us here? He does hey! think that. <laughs> he does think that. Right? He's like, hmm. The trees don't want us? Could that? And then he shoves it down. No, that's not going to dissuade me from my holy mission. Yeah. Clearly, we're right. The trees just don't understand. Leanne questions Shy about his decisions. And he gets backhanded in the throat. Not cool, sir. Constantly, constantly, just these people are violently abusing each other at all times. I actually have come to. They're underlings. Reading it as part of. Because it's part of the story, but just completely ignoring a lot of that. It's. Yeah, man. Like, I don't even make notes of it anymore. I don't know. Is it, like, just the way things were nearer the year 2000 where, like, torture porn is cool? Or it's at least cool enough to show you how bad a bad guy is constantly, 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 constantly. It wasn't like that in the first book, I guess, because they weren't they weren't the warriors right mm-hmm. it was the scouts and nominor yeah the infiltrator guy mm-hmm. which by the way i haven't heard from him since the first book he went and, he went to another planet he to, went and crift off somewhere to go start something else yeah, yeah. to spread more seeds of rebellion don't need that unrest you know? we don't need rebellion anymore we carried we took care of that part already that chapter that was those books are done <laughs> no more rebellion but these guys are just you know horrible awful all the time Instead of killing Dane Leanne right now, he says, uh, come up with a plan. Come up with a plan to attack Ithor, and and maybe you can win back my favor. And then once you come up with a great plan, I'll edit it for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll, really what he means probably I'll erase your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put my name, change a few words, <laughs> make sure I got still a high quality uh, piece of homework. Mm-hmm. But uh, make sure it looks like mine. Dane Leanne right away says something about like, well, why don't we just launch this living weapon thing that we have from here, from where we are at Garki. Why don't we just attack Ithor from here with something or we get close and and attack it and then it'll destroy the planet or take over the planet. And like, we don't have to have a bunch of casualties. We don't have to have an actual engagement. We can just win from afar easily. Yep. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. But Shadow Shy thinks that's an idiot. Only an idiot would do that. Yep. It doesn't doesn't prove our superiority. Prove is the word. Because he has to prove to the infidels 
that his troops can smash them even if they've had the time to muster their defenses. Mm-hmm. Like we did already at Debrillian. Yeah. Because they came there and attacked once, and then what did we do? Evacuated a lot of the people and bolstered the defenses. Yep. And then they smashed them. <laughs> he is making some concessions. Like he, the warriors might go in with dead crab armor as opposed to living. Sure, because we don't want them to choke to death. And stuff. Yeah. But like, hey, this is an idiot. Mm-hmm. This is a, he thinks this guy's an idiot. He thinks Dane Leanne's an idiot. Wait, you're an idiot. Tricked you. Whoops. Because like, why would you not just do the simplest thing that wins the easiest yeah. with the least? Wouldn't that serve your purpose even more? Would that not be way more like threatening to just be like, hey, we just showed up at the edge of the star system and destroyed that planet from here. Yep. Bye. Zip. And you're gone. Yep. Fired. This Is that not way here. worse? And they're all standing there with their guns in their hands. Like we lost. We already lost. That would be so demoralizing. That, that's a great word. Would that not be much worse? But no, we're warriors. And so we think like warriors because we're the warrior cast. cast. I don't know. At least Shadow Shai is. He's thinking like. So is Dane Leanne. They all, all these guys are. Yeah, but there's. These guys, sorry. There's, there's the difference in philosophy in it. One is win, who cares? Yeah. And the other is no, we have to prove like physical superiority. Yeah, but also like, man, you're just not getting the idea that there's more messages to send. And more battles to come. And why lose troops? Well, you have one month to plan the attack on damn Ithor. The planet I almost couldn't think the name of. He gives Dane Leanne one month from now after some more abuse and torture. Yep. And then we cut to Dane Leanne walking back to his quarters. And he opens up some secret shell monster that needs a special, uh, like bop touching. it, twist it, pull it <laughs> yeah. combination to unlock it. And a villip is in there. <gasps> the disgusting gooey eyeball that transforms into entire head to communicate across hyperspace yeah. distances for the Yuzhan Vong. He's got a burner cell hidden under his mattress. Oh my God. He's got a burner phone. <laughs> he does. It's a secret villip of his quote, true master. But he's not allowed to speak their name. Mm-hmm. Oh, he stopped short when he's about to say the name. He calls them the War Master. Yep. I don't know what that means, Tim. He's got. He's not this guy. He's not honest. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your boss karate chops you in the throat, rips open your scalp with his heel spur. Don't want to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> like a rib, chicken claw on the back foot. But, okay. Oh, you mean after all that abuse and torture, there's no loyalty here? Amazing. How does this society run? <laughs> he calls his true master, sorry. And like, his true master tells him what to do. Here's how we will take down Shadow Shai. Yeah. Together. Ta-da, ta-da. We have one month until the fall of Ithor. Or Shadow Shai. Or both. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really his plan. I beat my torturer and I win the planet. Yeah, he's also got a, a another plan because he's planning on betraying the War Master as well. Of course, because why would anybody have any loyalty to anybody who... Kicks you, punches you, chops you, cuts you, bleeds you, steps on your neck. Like, yeah. what is the stupidest? This is so... It's a it's a very... It's such a teenage boy imagination of a, of a villainous society. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very... At least in this iteration. And it's... To, this is to the extreme, but it's very Sith-like. And, yeah, it is, definitely. And maybe it's just this warrior ca- cast. This warrior group... Mm-hmm. That's like that sect of compared them. to because Namanor wasn't so much like that. He wasn't so quick to just throw away people he could exploit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a little more subtlety and nuance to him. So maybe it's just this warrior society. Yeah, that's a bunch of absolute idiots. <laughs> Chapter title: <laughs> Absolute idiots isn't written in there. If we're trying to take words right out of the text, what do you got? Uh, sending a message. 
True master. Done, done, done. We're good at this, Tim. We're good at chapter titles now. When yeah. someone else writes the words in a book first. And then I get to read it all, and process it, and decide which nice few words summarize the idea. <laughs> That's not mine. Anyway, chapter 27. Luke and Mara, on one of them flying cities above the mother jungle, mm-hmm. having a hug and a snuggle and talking about how war is so unnatural. There's predators and there's prey, but in the natural life cycle, there's not greed and avarice and jealousy and envy and what's the other word, better word for retribution? Revenge? Yeah! Of the Sith and stuff. War is unnatural. And also how Mara wishes she was pregnant. She actually starts this the whole chapter yep. hugging her midsection. Yep. Luke looks at it as though she's just got her arms wrapped around herself casually yeah. mm-hmm. hanging out as you do with your, I don't know, arms around your waist, hands on your shoulder. I don't know. However she was standing, but yeah, right away I read it like rubbing her belly talking about her childhood. Yep. She wants to be pregnant. Such a little subtle hint last book actually, but I spotted it. <laughs> we, nothing gets by us on this podcast. <laughs> Except for the name of everything or the timeline of events <laughs> or where we are at any given time in the galaxy. Whatever. But she's sick. She's feeling better here, closer to the mother jungle. And she loves that mother jungle. She wants a baby. She wants to be a mother jungle. She wants to have a family life with Luke Skywalker. And then they're like, come on and tell me about it in the bed. Oh. <laughs> cut to, yeah. cut away. <laughs> Screen wipe, cut to Corin and his wife Mirax hugging and talking about evacuating. What? <laughs> evacuating? <laughs> See, I've never heard of that planet. They're talking about evacuating Ithorian people and plants. And if we should trust Chalco. Why are they talking about Chalco? Because apparently Mirax is. He's helping her bring people and plants somewhere, and then she's mm-hmm. going to bring him home to Coruscant. Yeah. Why is he here? <laughs> what is the point of Chalco? Back to the conversation Corin and, and Mirax are having. Uh, P.S. Corin, you better stay alive, because you don't want my father, Booster Tarek, having to raise our grandchildren. His grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Our children. <laughs> Valen and Gisela Horn. Kid with the bugs. We've seen him. We yeah. haven't seen Gisela yet. Really. Although Mirax turned out all right. Right. But the joke is like, yeah, he doesn't like the man who married his daughter, Booster Tarek. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's also a, a, a galaxy spanning criminal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Corrin Horn is a military man with a new Jedi future. <laughs> <laughs> I could see places yeah. where they would butt heads. But seriously, listen. You better stay alive or else your wife will be so mad. Both of these couples wishing they could space bone right now. Mm-hmm. Mirax says the same thing to Corrin. Or Corrin says, there, I wish we had enough time to go inside the bunk and show you some proper attention or something. Vaguely, vaguely, nearly pointing to space boning. Yeah. That's what, that's what everyone in space is thinking about, buddy. <laughs> Told you we'd get there. Both these couples, they've been they've been apart from each other for quite some time, actually. Yeah. I mean, off and on, right? In bits and spurts. Corrin almost died. Twice. Both two books in a row. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he even says something about that, right? Where she's like, you better be careful. And he's like, well, the first time I got into the Yuzhan Vong, I was practically in a body bag. And the second time, I just needed like a back to tank. So like, I'm trajecting yeah, upwards. It's, it's we're trend. fine. We're trending up right now. Yeah, we're like- projecting to be fine. <laughs> and we cut to Anakin and Chalco. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, 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 hey. No space boning the kids, Chalco. You better not even bring it up. I don't want no weird Danny Quee conversation. That's enough. Move on. Anakin asks Chalco, how come you weren't going to say goodbye? Anakin is like here with the ship with Corrin and Mirax loading things up and whatever. Mm -hmm. Or he came with Corrin. One or the other. And he's like, hey, Chalco, why were you going to leave without saying goodbye to me? 
Chalco tells Anakin that he's proud to know him. And it's like, bye. You're dead for sure. I don't know why you're here. Mm -hmm. Other than what are you going to be another small piece of death guilt for Anakin Solo to trip over? Because he's already got a big enough speed bump. Yeah. You can't. You're not going to add anything to that. I don't know what Chalco is. I don't know what's happening. It's. I, I, the only thing that he's done this whole time, it, since he's been in the book, yeah. is t- for Anakin to like uh, f- feel his emotions in, out loud. Andy like, taught him like a little bit of the underworld life, yeah, which maybe his dad like sheltered him from or something. Because, I mean, Han Solo is the king of it. Is that what Chalco is? He's like a, like a, surrogate? a really poor surrogate <laughs> replacement dad right now. Why is this guy guest starring in this book? I don't, know. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Oh, I'm proud to know a Jedi. I'm proud to know Anakin. Anakin Skywalker, you're such a Jedi. I'm proud to know you. And then Wedge calls Corrin's phone. So, of course, Anakin answers it. Yeah, because Corrin's outside. It's wartime. You never know. Mm-hmm. Could be important, right? He answers it. And, oh, could be important. Oh. It is. Wedge says, A Yuzhan Vong cruiser showed up at the edge of the system and dumped out a shuttle. Its ID transponder registers as the one Elagos Akla took out to meet with the Yuzhan Vong. Wedge's voice became lower. All we're getting is a recorded message playing over and over. It's from Elagos to Corin, conveying to him the compliments of a Yuzhan Vong commander. That's fine. That's fine. Nothing. That's not bad at all. Why? Why would that be bad? Why would it be bad that there's a, a shuttle dropped off by a Yuzhan Vong ship playing a pre-recorded message? Yeah. Over and over? Why would that be any sort of a concern at all? I don't know. Everyone loves each other in this chapter. So how could there, how could we end with bad news? <laughs> <laughs> Even Chalco's loved. Yep. Chalco's off helping people being a hero. So obviously, yeah, that's that's what he says too, right? I'm going to go be a hero in my own way by getting out of the way yep. of you real heroes. Mm-hmm. But obviously the shuttle must be good news. I didn't write a chapter title for this one. Oh. How about you, Tim? <laughs> did you write a chapter title for this one? I could say no to make you feel better, nope. but I did. Um, saying goodbye. Oh. I'll just say pregnant. (laughs) Damn it. I really didn't write one. Chapter title? Question mark? Empty space. Hmm. Blew it. I did have some trouble finding a title for this one. Okay. Come on. It can't be that hard. Here we go. This is this. Right near the end. There's a couple. Uh, The chapter title. Get weepy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 28. It's actually not terrible. It's not bad at all. This first two words I saw over there. Chapter 28. Let's go. We, we're zooming. We're flying. Oh, we got we got time. Yeah. Chapter 28, Tim. Focus. <laughs> Al- yeah, is it recorded? Good. Yeah, chapter like 28. It. Tim. Chapter 28. Chapter 28. Chapter 28. Alagos's shuttle has is now in the Chimera. They, they tractor beamed it. They scanned it on the outside. They've loaded it now onto uh, one of the hangar decks of the Imperial Star Destroyer, Chimera. And Jaina and Annie Capstan are flying their X-Wings near it, scanning it, getting a closer look, Mm -hmm. what have you, what have you. It's covered in algae and barnacles, as expected. Yep. That's what they do with everything they capture. And I'm wondering, would this be uh, like a good bioweapon attack? Yes. (laughs) Like you just hide... Some combs, comb spores in in this thing. And you're like, here, open the box with the smallpox blankets. Yeah. And you just absolutely ruin an entire civilization just for fun. It would be assholes. a perfect delivery system. But Shadow Shai doesn't think that way. Until I remember, <laughs> Shadow Shai is too brave to be sneaky. <laughs> See, we're on the same page here, people. Maybe not. But sometimes we think the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, but really though, right? Like that would be a great idea. But no, he's that would be cowardly to the warrior. I'm supposed to call you out in man on man single combat 
like his cousins did to Corrin Horn. Remember? And then Ganner stepped in and then the Nogri stepped in. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to challenge you to your face to a duel and then kill you and be the supremacy. Not like sneaky Nominor poison people with spawn cores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoon cores. I think that was the first time I ever said it that way. <laughs> uh, anyways, Jaina decides to stay after she makes her little run. Some couple of people are heading out to the shuttle to go check it out. Jaina is eyeballing the thing, feeling wary. When white hot Jagfell walks into the room. And it's time to get to know each other, Tim. The two of them have a little chit chat. Jag, in a nutshell here, in what's being delivered to her and to us, the reader, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he's overly mature. Yeah. For 18 years old. He's 18. Much much more appropriately aged than the 22-year-old Danny Quee or 21 or yes. whatever she is, you know? 18 and 16 is a different story than 21 and 6. They're and 16. They're 17. The twins are 17. Oh, okay. No. No, they're 16. They're 16 and Anakin's 15. He's 15, yeah. See, I, I, we know so much about these books, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they get to know each other. Okay, Jag, only two slight teenage years older than Jaina Solo. No big deal. She's, he's, well, I was going to say, not a whole grown up with a job out in his own part of the galaxy. And stuff. Oh, wait a second. He's overly mature for being 18. He's battle minded. He's goal oriented, but he's also still able to trip up his words while he's talking with Jaina Solo. Right? Mm-hmm. The Chiss are a hard people is what comes across in the conversation. Yep. Yet, despite... You know, the obvious cultural differences. He and Jaina have a lot of similarities, especially because she is also battle-minded, goal-oriented, action-paced type of thinker. They just do it on a slightly different frequency, it seems like, in this little encounter that we get. Their second meeting ever. Yeah. Right? Assumedly. Yeah, and even though they're as hard and as as battle-oriented and task-oriented as they are, Jag says that, but they also have thoughts of the future. They, they, they're not completely And then they, they like the point. disagree about when celebration should happen. Mm-hmm. Jane is like, you got to celebrate all along the way. It relieves the stress of the battle. And Jag's like, if you celebrate too early, you're going to get uh, soft. Yeah. You're going to lose focus. It's, it's a just, fake celebration. Yeah. It's not real if you haven't really won. It's, yep. it's a trophy for second place. <laughs> Whatever type of stuff. The problem with that is if you're uh like a a warrior or something have you ever really won right well do the, you never get to celebrate and according to him they're fighting some endless thing at the edge of the uh, uh ascendancy yeah. in the unknown yeah. regions that's like this unstoppable thing and you're lucky we've stuck our thumb in the dam <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i don't know they they differ a little bit ideologically but they really do seem like they think down the same path yeah and Beyond thinking, Jaina seems to also like what she sees because she looked at him, at his strong profile, at the determination on his face and felt a shiver run down her spine. That he was handsome, there was no disputing and the cockiness, which was backed by fantastic skill as a pilot, had its charm. She admired the way he'd stood up to the New Republic's politicians most of whom disgusted her because of the way they treated her mother. Even the imperial formality was attractive in a quaint sort of way. I wonder if my mother saw my father that same way. Whoa! Whoa! Pump the brakes, <laughs> she, She's kid. definitely taking a, taking a leap she here. She is being a crushing 16-year-old. Yeah. So... You're the, you're the new Han and Leia solo now? <laughs> That's what she's thinking. Oh, or, you know, whatever. At least in the small degree of, like, his roguish, cocky charm and his brash behavior and unmatched, unparalleled piloting skills. All very attractive things that also belong on the resume of her father. Yeah, she even says that he, he talks a little like him at one point. And isn't that like the the stereotype of like 
women fall in love with their fathers and men fall in love with their mothers. And that's who you choose for the rest of your life. Mm. Whatever limited stereotype that provides. But is that what my mom thought of my dad? Getting, getting a little bit of her ahead of herself here. 16 years old. I'll allow it. But what a little setup between these two. They've we've seen them interact two times. The first time he makes direct eye contact with her and walks across an entire room of celebrities and politicians <laughs> to talk to her while the spotlight is on him. Yeah. Right. She's blushing, chills, blows her mind. Like it's in, it's an incredible encounter. The second encounter, she's looking at him going, well, I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Whoo. What's not to like. But then she even stops herself, right? She's like, I'm getting, I am, I'm getting ahead of myself here, eh? She says something along the lines of like, it's not, uh, it's not even the time or place to even start thinking about things like that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to fall for some guy who is a grim, dark edgelord. <laughs> Cause that's sort of the way of the chiss, right? Yeah. Is that we are, we are grim. We are dark. Because of the way that we embrace death and life. Yeah. The way that their culture is, they're very just matter of fact about living and dying and sacrifice and stuff like that. I'm not going to fall in love with this guy. I don't even have time right now. (laughs) Okay, man. Mm -hmm. This is, again, very heavy handed what's being shown to us. Yeah. Here comes a romantic entanglement. As, yeah. as someone whose name I should keep out of my fucking mouth would uh, call it with her little husband over there. In case you haven't seen what happened at the Oscars, she, she, she who shall not be named. Heaven forbid I get the shit slapped out of me. <laughs> well, anyways, Jaina seems to like him. Cut to those two guys walking over to the shuttle. It's Corin and Wedge. They're on shuttle opening duty and they're talking a lot about all their family, everyone's family and all the ancillary characters that like, there's a lot of people that care about us. And then we talk about how, ah, you know, we're getting ready to have this war and like, we all have families now. Remember the good old days back when like we had to run that mission at Balmora when we were in Rogue Squadron or whatever, and they like start reminiscing Reminisce about a little bit, yeah. Old Michael Stackpole books, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You wrote some good books. Pull the good stuff out of it to have these characters keep living it. Yeah, that's cool. That is what makes the extended universe extended universe. What expanded? <laughs> it kind of means the same thing. That's what makes it cool. Okay, I don't have words today. The ones that are written on the page, I can barely get those out. Never mind. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Whew. Reminiscing about X-Wing books. And then Corrin runs his hand over some freaky spine thing on the Yuzhan Vong growths. And it shoots a porcupine quill into his glove. And then immediately he's like, ah, I know what this is. It's a classic blood lock. Yeah. <laughs> I need to let this thing... Make me bleed so that it will open. Where the... What? Well, on based on everything that they might know of the Yuzhong Vong, or maybe it's just from our knowledge of wh- what they're like, and and he says something along the lines of, they wouldn't... If it's a message, they would want me to receive it. They're not going to kill me before I get it. But they want only me to have it. So, and they got a lot of my blood from yeah. when I was on the fighting on Garki, so... Must need my blood. Yeah. And he pours his blood and it works. It opens up. The ramp comes down. Pieces fall off. They go inside the shuttle. And if you thought the outside was weird, it's about to get weirder inside. There's black goo on the walls and like vines that immediately dying and disappearing. And Wedge is, of course, instant tactician. Like, oh, those were analyzing us and reporting data back to the Yuzhan Vong. The whole time we were watching the shuttle from the outside, they were watching us back. <gasps> Creepy. <laughs> and it makes like, sense. And these things die right away and they're done. They tra- they've transmitted their data and we'll get nothing of use from them. Okay. Why do you, how uh, just, just really jumping to these conclusions so fast and being so right about such alien technology. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure to open this. Oh, I know. Blood. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing this thing for the first time. It must be some hyperspace communication goo vines that are instantly dying so that we can't track them. Yeah. All right, man. Everybody's a fucking super genius. All right. I get it. Wedge and Corrin, they're the best. And inside the shuttle, it's not just some goo. First, they find a villip with a message from Elagos. Talking and talking and talking in his long-winded way as he is wont to do. Saying things like, uh, the Vonger complex. My mission is good. I'm on a good mission. I really think I'm going to accomplish something. Oh, Corin, they know you. You killed his cousins. Uh, oh, and Shadow Shai really likes Thrawn. So here, he made you some art. And that's like, oh. It's a bit troubling. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to... Corin says something about... Something about... I sure hope he doesn't think there's a... This whole side of the war is super geniuses like Grand Admiral Thrawn. But, you know, let's have a look at this art. Let's see what he made me and let's get to know Shadow Shai. A work of art that clearly had been the result of many hours lovingly lavished on it. A fully articulated skeleton sat cross-legged, each bone washed with gold. The sternum and the smooth caps at the end of long bones were gleamed with platinum. Scintillating violet gems were burned in the hollows of the eye sockets. Amethysts had been powdered and layered onto the sides of the skull, flaring back in the exact pattern of Elagos's stripes. The teeth, polished white, grinned coldly in the lipless mouth. The Kamasi skeleton sat there, the head canted down to stare at the villip nested in the triangle described by its legs. That ball of tissue hardened into mismatched features. The voice that emerged from it became, nope, came equally harsh and halting. Its command of basic was fine, but shaping its mouth around the sounds appeared to be difficult. I am Shadow Shai. You were at Bimil. You slew two of my kinsmen and left them to be gnawed by vermin. You stole the bones of my ancestor. These bones here I present to you, so you may know the proper way to venerate fallen Yuzhan Vong warriors. The voice softened almost imperceptibly. I regret that your actions forced me to slay Elagos. I want you to know I did it myself with my bare hands. As I strangled him, I read in his eyes betrayal, but only at the first. Before he died, he understood the necessity of his death. You must understand it as well. The Yuzhan Vong's eyes narrowed on the villip surface. I've never read this much before in one go. I mean, on the podcast. We will meet our respective forces at the world you call Ithor. If you have any honor at all, and Elagos assured me you did, you will return to me the bones of my ancestor. If you do not, then it is you who renders our friend's death meaningless. Remember, uh... Remember, uh, Shadow Shai said, uh... You're gonna deliver a message for me, Senator Elagos. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. They script... Script. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> they stripped him to the bones. Yep. Covered him in gold and platinum and gems. And then put a hidden camera in between his legs <laughs> to talk back to you when you open up the treasure. Oh my god. This is nice and creepy and horrifyingly villainously evil. Yeah. Right? Without like watching him rip pieces of skin off people directly. Yeah. Zero chill. <laughs> Zero chill from Shadow Shy. Zero white hot. Only dark cold. This is so creepy. This is excellent. Yeah. Corn and Wedge are shocked. Poor Elagos never hurt anyone. He helped me, Corn thinks. He saved Mirax. And 
Now he's been turned into the most horrifying message I've ever heard. Because why? The Yuzhan Vong are bad. That's why. Yep. How messed up is that, man? And I th- I think it's even I don't know whether it's a it's a play or whatever, but Shadow even calls him his friend. That's so what that I'm saying. He it's did all, that to his friend. It's all psychologically yeah. It's a war. And it's on. And this is a message well delivered. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to know what the Yuzhan Vong think, here. You stole my ancestors' bones. You killed my cousins and left them to be eaten by rats. This is how we will treat the dead, our friend, who I strangled with my bare hands. Yep. Chapter title? (laughs) (laughs) Understanding. Oh, I win. A work of art. Oh, yeah, that's that was really good, good. That was a good one. That's I might really have missed good. the last one, <laughs> but I got that one. Oh, my. That's I, other things happened in this episode. Not that's what's going to be left in my head for the next week. Yeah. But, you know, the Jedi have have had jungle. I mean, mother jungle church. They've bonded. The Vong have made their intentions Gelagosily clear. <laughs> and uh, everybody wants to make a little space bone before they die. That <laughs> I wonder if they will. Find out next week. <laughs> we cover New Jedi Order, Book 3, Dark Tide 2, Ruin, Chapters 29 through 32. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. White hot and harder than golden space bones. Mm. <laughs> like that guy. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.